0: yes yes people we are back once again we've got quite a few of you in the chat big deadline day stream up and coming and uh of course i am sat here as always with my sparring partner Quinny. Quinny, how are you doing sir i'm good man i'm good how are you your boy i'm decent yeah i've had um a really busy week like the family and so we had the bank holiday weekend that was super busy with gigs and uh yeah it's been uh I was back-to-back gigging and at a wedding on the weekend and, you know, I've been sort of juggling the kids and work and off to New Zealand and Australia on Monday. So I've got cramming it in mate, absolutely cramming it in, but still managed to get uh, a bit of end product in. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, how was your weekend, sir? Any, any end products?
1: Plenty of end products for me. Yeah. Um, but I managed to get just about, I think I got my ETH. I got my little dose of ETH and managed to get a wee tier five, Champ Euro. Uh, if we're going to talk rewards as well, um, which was yeah decent weekend in the end. I uh, kind a few things let me down. Celtic big time, like as well. I was away for the weekend, like I said to you, and I like I just had my phone on me, and uh, also wasn't watching anything really over the weekend. Been catching up like highlights, like mad. But um, I thought for ages I was like I must not have any signal. Like where are my Celtic notifications? <laughs> like <laughs> like so they just weren't coming. I was like what's going on, man? I was like can we go up a pub with the games on or? soccer saturday or something you know and uh, i was just uh, just some people just didn't show up um at the weekend bad some good scores and uh some green shoots of promise that i can take into this weekend i hope so not all was lost good start to you know pause enough start but not quite all all the way there
0: yeah i i similarly i think uh my my big hitters were kind of affected by uh that celtic um performance as well and uh, similarly to you i was a. Uh, I was wondering if I was missing something. I had to keep like, you know, when there was no so rare data notifications coming through. I thought, is my is this is the app frozen? I had to go into FOTMOB, check the scores there. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I did flick the game on for a little bit and it just Yeah. It was a uh, was a was a weird one. But yeah, that was kind of like Kyabosh the U twenty three super rare division for me. Uh, having Matt O'Reilly there, had high hopes of him in that game. Um Turkey, didn't again deliver for uh, Leon. Leon have had a really poor start to the season. I don't know if you've caught much of of them, but anyone who's watched any of of their games and they come up against PSG the weekend coming, um, which will have um, implications on my selection process for the weekend ahead. But um, yeah, on the subject of end product, I managed to scrape in a reward um, throughout All of that, I did manage to get a champ Euro reward. um, Got knocked down into tier three um, and picked up a card, a player who I didn't know a great deal about, to be honest with you. Let me just get into that, remind myself of my sort of thought process when when it landed. But, um, you know, plays in in Bologna, if I remember rightly. And it wasn't a player I was um, that familiar with. As soon as I get into my air on my phone, I'll tell you exactly who he was. Let's go. Some there's probably people watching this that are already there, but um, I managed to win myself a Nicolas Dominguez. Um oh,
1: nice. oh yeah, yeah, I remember you showing this
0: thing.
1: I had a little look at his scores.
0: Scores looked okay. Um, he, he has hit like you know some peaks, but hasn't hit the ground running this season. Um, so yeah, we were talking in the group chat, weren't we? I was like, I don't know about this guy, probably looks more of a sell than a hold. And uh, lo and behold, deadline day, and all of the transfer window news flying in. And uh, we got a message in the group chat from Tony, um, to show me that this player has now been linked to Nottingham Forest, and um, the deal is impending. So for me personally, that is even more so reason to sell, um, not yeah. I'm not, I don't really feel like I need a Nottingham Forest midfielder in my selection process without any like midweek opportunities there. So, uh, yeah, not disappointing. Like, he looks a decent enough player. But if he does go to Nottingham Forest, I don't know how much use he's going to be to me. So I've listed him and hopefully we'll see if we can turn that into a bit of cash. But uh, made a few sales this week as well. Um, sold my uh, Quinton timber this morning. That went. Uh, He hit 100 last weekend and I saw a few people picked him up at, you know, above his last price. I thought he's a bit of a luxury player in my gallery to have. I don't really need. I've got a lot of U23 mids. Um, I think that Feyenoord do seem to have a good spot for him in their team this season. But for me, it was just like a bit of a luxury player. Challenger, U23 options, I've got quite a lot. Um, And now, yeah. Uh, managed to get rid of him 160 quid I think which was nice and McBride if you're listening uh, as you know nicked my dams guard among all of the transfer speculation I did have my dams guard super rare listed for about 380 quid which you know is quite a low price for uh, u23 mid super rare but with the game time he's been getting at Brentford, I was just kind of like, he was listed. And to be honest with you, at the time I listed him, I was kind of thinking, you know, if he gets linked somewhere, someone might jump in and snap that up, which McBride did. But then you have that dread, don't you, Quinny, where you're like, oh, why is, why is... I didn't see that it was McBride straight away either. I just thought, oh, someone snapped it up. First thing I do is figure out who he's been linked to because no one's probably in the market for a damn's god otherwise at the moment. Um, so yeah, seeing it was McBride, Seeing he was linked to uh, a move to Sporting, which for SO5 is, should be, if he starts, a great move for his scores. But also, we are still kind of in the dark about whether or not we're going to see new mints from Sporting and from Porto um, and some of the other clubs potentially in that Portuguese league. So, from a Sore perspective, that would be like, that's kind of like a dream move, isn't it? Like, go to a club that is in Europe, that contends for titles wins games and you know if he's a u23 and he finds himself into that starting lineup you've ticked every box there haven't you low low supply and potential end of supply so uh yeah mcbride may have got himself a bargain but for the meantime i've got myself a little bit of ETH to take into the market or into the bank depending on what i choose to do with it so yeah that's kind of the story of my my end product for the week um quinny have you had any any movers and shakers in the gallery
1: this week? Uh, not since the whole debacle over the whole—did uh, we talk about it last week on the show? I don't know if we did. The whole works thing—did we speak about that? Or- I don't think we spoke about works
0: on the show. No, no, not the whole oh, works. Oh no, we, we did. We spoke about it, but then I know that it has evolved since. Now I know what you're talking about. We did mention yeah. the offer that you
1: got, the deal that you made, and then I, I know think that- it happened that morning, didn't it? It happened it like the morning of a podcast, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So I. No, oh, no, I just gonna remember if if, that, if we'd spoken about that or not. So I would not I won't um, bore anyone with that twice. But uh, yeah, I, we spoke
0: about the deal, but then I know that didn't didn't it come about that the guy got in touch with you and had made a mistake on it and was trying to call you out for like not pointing out that he'd made a mistake, but obviously by the time he'd figured out what's gone on, well, you never
1: you got in touch on. with me as such. Yeah, like so yeah. I put also put the post out like quite you know. I thought it was a good kind of dilemma you know like what would you do you know that's yeah. just kind of what I thought about it all and the guy the, the guy replied in the thing and before I had seen it uh, you know to really save a long story of tweet threads and he said she said <laughs> and everything but by the time I'd seen that he'd actually responded to it um you know I was like oh, okay well the guy, it was a mistake because so I was like you know where is the guy if it is a mistake you know, I don't hear him saying it's a mistake some people were saying it was anyway yeah and then I went and looked at his gallery and my works was gone he'd already He'd already traded it away before he'd even... So it's one of those ones where as soon as I seen that, I was like, well, the guy doesn't up for anything. I shot my message saying, hey, don't know what to do. And then he said, nothing, basically. It's know, things, what, what can you yeah. do? And it was done. It, was, it wasn't much to do, really i have made actually a bit of a deadline day i did this actually when i was away um on anniversary duty right but i woke up in the morning i thought i bought him and then i went and checked my guy in the morning i was like oh i did <laughs> how weird is that i thought it was a dream but uh joel matinho is signed for braga for he's signed on for this season basically i know he's like 35 36 but um a portuguese legend you know like one of the most capped players ever i think he did hold some sort of thing doesn't anymore um, apparently but anyway at braga whatever he does play for them you know, here and there. He'll be, hopefully, a little AA monster. And the 50 quid, I thought, I'll just take that. Like, you know, pick him up, why not? I was a wee bit under the influence, as it were. And then, as um, I don't know if I spoke about specifically on the show, but like, when I've been going through uh, the summer, I've picked up, like, some Girona super rares and stuff like that and um, got a bit of a collection going there. And one thing that I missed out early uh, in the, trans- in the-, the summer, uh, if I was going to push on with that strategy, which I wasn't too sure if I was going to do, was the one of 10 Stuani, right? Mm-hmm. He was going for like 30 quid and I never bothered. And then they started a few games and then he was going for like 100 quid. And I was just like, ah, he's like 35, why bother? But anyway, Pavel ended up with him. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll go and get that. And I paid 70 quid, which I'm not too bored about. But I got that. And, and that means now my Girona SRs, like I'm locked in at 3%. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, which is pretty nice. And another kind of deadline day I suppose to keep it relevant, uh, Santiago Bueno. Big centre back at Girona has moved to Wolves. I'm not actually that happy about that, to be quite frank. Um, but, you know, that would be some Premier League utility. And uh, with Stuani, like, I've, I kind of, when I was looking at him, see, because I've got big Enes Unal who's injured until February, I kind of thought, well, for like 70 quid, a guy that's kind of like Enes Unal until February, basically, that's all I need. So, yeah. Um, so I kind of done that. that. That was kind of A OK. Um, and along with Joe Moutinho, I thought, yeah, two week in a short term plays, it don't really make much of a difference. But, the Girona things a collection play as well. And the Moutinho ones a we differential, you know, because that Portuguese league, you know, if you can get Braga at home, you know, a couple of times a season in a good game, like that could be a monster. 80 waiting to happen. Mm. That's a good point. You just reminded me, I did I did actually jump
0: into the market and pick up a card specifically um for the game week this week. Um, and that was Joel Waterman. Um I picked Ooh. up his card for 28 quid. Um, if I remember rightly, he's in my cap mode. I think I needed a, a defender for my 240. Um, and Joel Waterman popped up as a good option. Let me have a quick look. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I said he's in my cap 240. Where is he? Um, yeah, so he's gone in a cap 240. And he done his job last night, put out 56. Um, and yeah, cap 240 for me this week looking all right. But I think that's the first time in a while that I've picked up a card for specifically for a game week especially a rare i think i'm a little bit more inclined to do that or i was more inclined to do that with limiteds because you can pick one up for a couple of quid or a quid or something like that just to fill the the team out so to speak but um yeah i was pretty happy with that 28 quid um you know he he's, say, he's had sales over the price of that now uh but he's done his job and fingers crossed he does help now that 50 pound or 50 dollars uh threshold down for me. Because, yeah, I thought in, in my head, I was thinking, you know, it if it's one player and a defender as well, you can normally pick a half decent defender up, just needed to find someone to fill a gap that, you know, made financial sense, try and get someone in for less than the threshold wins. So um, be interesting to see if that pays off for me. Uh, still got three players left to play in that team. But, but both of the players who've played so far have scored one hit a decisive And then he's hit up like a 56. So we're looking pretty good as I think we've spoken about on this before, isn't it? Like the, the golden rule with cat modes is if you can find three decisives or three players to score over 60, you're normally like, you're you're normally almost nailed on for the other two. As long as you can get the five of them to start three decisives will normally get you almost there. So yeah, just kind of need another player to hit that, that 60 to 70 region and help bring it home. But, um, yeah, first time I've done that in a while. And I think it's quite unusual to be able to do that in rare. And it just kind of solidified that thought we were talking about last week that rares definitely feel a bit undervalued at the moment. Because if I can pick up a player for £30 who can potentially like bring it home for me to hit that $50 threshold, you're essentially like you got yourself a free rare for the week coming and maybe 10, 15 quid in the bank as well to play with. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the rare market at the moment? Obviously, things have spiked a little bit because we've had the new cards, which we, we kind of saw the new cards, didn't we? But now we're starting to see the effect of those number ones being sold. Um, be interesting well, to just, see if it helps push the market up a bit.
1: I was just looking at the market there, and do you know one thing that did catch my eye? I had something else that was a bit more relevant to what we're talking about. So I'll try and remember what that was and give you it. But I was just looking at the market, and one thing that caught my eye is that Zion Fleming is a midfielder this year. That's unusual.
0: Yeah,
1: wow. that makes. A joy Joey, human cards look really nice this year. Like the one of rare yeah. is on auction now. That caught my eye. It's a really nice card. Um, but yeah, no, the rare market. I still think it is. I thought I still think there's a lot of good value around it. Some good bargains and stuff. Like I say, like, you know, Gianbuttinos and guys like that that are old as F. You know, there's some good value guys at that fifty kind of mark. You know, mm-hmm. um knocking around some good rotation guys that are maybe thirty quid. And really now for like 100 to 200 quid, you can get some decent like players, if you know what I mean, like guys that could really make a difference a few times, not just once. So yeah, it's maybe still the goalkeepers are still the real price barrier of that division still. But I think Rares, there's a lot of opportunities to be playing around, particularly with like the transfers. Like the other, I've got another transfer in my gallery uh, this week, which was Tierney going to Sociedad. But one that I did want to hear you talk about this week was uh, the biggest transfer you've probably had <laughs> uh, maybe ever i i think this is a great move I, I, i'm interested to hear what you think but the rookie has he's he's become a man
0: he has he has become a man he's <laughs> thrown he's thrown the nest uh, lehan bomb saw to uh, Michelin is uh, a really intriguing move for so rare players because i think a lot of us or anyone who's heard this podcast is should be aware of lehan bomb and what he's been doing obviously in the k league um so i'm really I think it's a great move for him in terms of like career progress to move to a club who have a really good um, strategy you know like they're in that kind of mold of like the scouting, the data science, the data scientists behind a lot of their moves. so it I think it's interesting seeing a player move to that club from the sort of so rare perspective because we all know statistically Lee bomb has done really well in a club at Seoul who haven't been at their peak at all. Um, he, you know, he has got a mistake in him, but for the most part, he's been pretty solid. And statistics will back that, and his so rare performance will back that as well. So it does make me quite excited to see how he gets on at Michelin because they kind of position themselves as a club that should be finding those gems and profiting and building a club off the back of you know, flipping players like this, a bit like Brighton have done. We've seen, and it's almost become a meme that they've been that good at doing it. But um, I'm super excited to see him play. Also a little bit nervous to see if he's going to find his way into that starting 11 um, sooner rather than later. So it remains to be seen how useful that unique card will be to me and my gallery in the short term. But I do think like mid to long term, if he can get himself in that starting 11, we should and could expect better scores than we've seen from him, I think. Um, yeah. What what do you reckon? What were your thoughts on that one when you saw it? Oh, I seen it, I, thought it,
1: I thought it was brilliant, mate, because like they've signed Cho as well, you know, the striker. Yeah. So he's got he's got a pal, you know, already there doing well. And like you say, Midgetland like are quite firmly like a Europa League group stage team, if you know what I mean. Like they're, they're not a bad outfit. They should be in the top four, top three, top two of their league. And, you know, I mean, if he's going to be a 75% starter, like, across all comps, like, brilliant, so rare-wise, I think, I thought, when well, I've seen it, I thought, oh, will be walking on the ceiling right now, you know. And <laughs> yeah. Um, So, yeah, no, I think it's a really good move from that perspective. I've not seen enough of Midland or Magitland, or whatever we're going to call them, to hmm. to really talk too much on where he'll fit in and stuff like that. But, um, but no, I, I think it's a great transfer, and it's one of those ones where, when I've seen it, and so Rare Land, as we know, Stish, like when you get a transfer, so many people will just go, Oh, i need to sell that guy now. But that's yeah. not a transfer where that's necessarily the you know, maybe it is, but it's not definitely that's what most people would do because it's potentially an, an upgrade. Because Sol have not been amazing either. No, you know. No, I f- the only the only disappointment for it for me from an SO5
0: perspective is that, that Lee Han Bomb unique paired really nicely with the bake Zhongboom uh super rare um Mm -hmm. in the scene in the U23 which I'm now not going to get the benefit of that like little defensive stack but that said also um I do think that bait Jong bomb is going to struggle for his position that number one um at least for a few weeks Uh, I know that he got dropped last weekend by the new manager and they they opted for the experienced goalkeeper in the squad put him back in so he found himself on the bench, but also he goes away. Um, he's part. Of, he's selected as part of the Korean, uh, I want to say Olympic. I'm not sure if it was the Olympic qualifiers, but the Korean um, international teams have got some I qualifiers makes, yeah. coming up. Is that what it's for, for the Olympics next year? I'm pretty sure it, that's what I read. But, but yeah, he's part of the under-21 squad for that. So he will be away from first-team training for a little while while they figure out. What they're doing goalkeeper wise so it could be tough because he could miss two or three fixtures anyway even if you know they thought he was good enough to start so uh it'd be interesting to see how he fares for the rest of the season but kind of doubled down on how lucky i was i don't know if we spoke about it on the podcast it might have been just after pretty sure actually last week we were talking about how i'm trying not to buy anything and then later that day went out and managed to get myself a uh, chris brady super rare which uh now for me I'm lucky I did because it keeps U23 super air open. Um, especially if Lee Ham Bomb goes straight into that team and starts rolling, then I am going to need a U23 goalkeeper. And I think Chris Brady, although Chicago are leaking goals for fun at the moment, uh, he's a little bit more, more so uh, nailed down as the goalkeeper starting goalkeeper at least for that team, um, and po- possibly for the foreseeable until you know, a Premier League team or someone comes in and sticks him on the bench like they did with Slonina. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's been an eventful week in terms of we've had a few ins and outs um, unexpectedly. Someone in the chat has just reminded me I also bid on a career Matsuki's Unique. Uh, Yes, I did. I tried to buy his first one. Um, and there was another one, actually, that's ending in five minutes that I have my own. Uh, Nikolas Verachnik at uh, Wolfsberger in Austria. He's a 20-year-old um, fullback. I like what I see of him. I think he's a great player. Um, I was trying to pick up a super rare of his, his uniques on sale. Um, I just put a bid on it and got outbid. And I thought if I can get it for under an ETH, maybe I'll nick it. But it's, it's probably going to push over that in the next five minutes. He's at 0.9745 at the moment, but he is a good, he's a good young, young defender. I probably don't need any more U23 defender cards at the moment. Um quite happy with Fring Pong. And now Julian Araujo seems to be um starting. You know, he started the last couple of games now for Las Palmas. So quite happy with my options there at the moment. Um but yeah, definitely looking at the uniques um matsuki is a player i love i think uh, he is one to watch um how much did that unique go for actually while we're sitting here talking about it but um but yeah Quinny have you have you caught much of um,
1: matsuki in in tokyo no, I've not been catching too much. Uh J League or K League, in fact, over yeah, I've not caught much, if any. Matt's okay. I got a lot of the highlights when he first got his rookie card because everyone was going nuts for him, obviously. Mm. And uh yeah, I, I see the stuff that it pops up when he's like score worldies and stuff like that. But it's not one that I'm that close to. I know a lot of people want him to go to Celtic yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, I see I see Jay's a big fan, obviously. He's here in the chat with us today. Um but no, it's not one I've been following too closely. I've actually um, been watching a wee bit more Danish football um, over the last like two weeks. Uh, a wee bit of Copenhagen, a wee bit of Bromby uh, on that one football app, which has been a uh, good crack. But uh, but no, 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 um, no, J.R.K.A. I haven't watched too much of the J
0: League this season. Um, I've watched definitely watched more K League than J League, I'd say. But uh, I do... He does catch my eye. I think he stands out as, a, at, what is he, 20 years old? He's still really young. Um, he looks the part in that midfield, You know, very creative, super quick with his feet. And I think the only thing that puts me off a little bit from him in an SO5 perspective is knowing full well that this kid's probably got six to 12 months max in that division. And then it's anyone's guess where he ends up, probably in Belgium, um, you'd guess right? If he doesn't end up at Celtic, there's a lot of clubs there that had those Japanese links. Um, and I wouldn't mind the move um to Belgium for him. I think that would be quite good, but I do, I would worry about a Celtic just because I think that he he would be probably looking for a similar role to O'Reilly in that lineup. And from what I've seen of O'Reilly since I won him and obviously speaking to you, he does look a player and I don't think anyone is going to dislodge him this season based on what I've seen thus far. Maybe give or take this weekend, just gone, but I don't think any of the players really turn up this week. So I think he might have dodged a bullet there. But um, but yeah, I think uh, for me, Matsuki, definitely uh, one to watch in the J League. Any Asia players, if you haven't watched him, um, get your eyes on him. But Quinny, it's deadline day, isn't it today? And there's been a lot of ins and outs, not just from our so rare galleries, but from the general football market. What, if any, um, transfers have um, caught your eye this week?
1: Oh, um, that's a good question. I'm not sure what ones have actually happened this week. Uh, I know it's Devikas went to Selle Vigo, that caught my eye. Selle Vigo, where Rafa Benitez is, doing a wee bit of business again through this window. Still no goalkeeper. Um, Caduce, I was really surprised. Uh, to see that he ended up at West Ham, and if they keep hold of Paqueta, like West Ham, have got a real and like Declan Rice is a huge loss to that team, obviously. But it's a good uh, so 5 team getting built at West Ham if if he's got to play, you know, because Bowen and some of these other guys are handy. But you need that team's needed killers. You know what I mean? And could just could be a killer. Like so,
0: mm.
1: yeah, I think that was a good one. I, I mentioned the Tierney one. I think when Tierney gets playing, he'll be brilliant. I think he'll really suit uh, La Liga. And eh, I think Big Lukaku could be a funny one as well, going to Roma. That could be one that's uh, definitely gonna be quite pivotal in the league. Yeah, I've just
0: got the I've, so I've got the transfer mark like live uh, latest transfers up as well. Um another quite interesting one that literally seems to have just happened is Jun uh, Junho Bay from Dejon Hanna Citizen to Stoke City. Um, oh, wow. I had heard nothing of that, but um that you know young 20 year old uh korean player to the championship always interesting especially to those uncovered um teams or that unminted teams i should say like Stokar. um that'll be an interesting one to see how that plays out um yeah uh to to lulu in the chat is saying ole romani now the main man for utrecht scored a few hundreds last year as someone who holds that card i From the research i did i don't know if he will be the main man this season he's i know he's just coming back from injury but he's you know he's been coming off the bench thus far and i you know wait and see i would say on that one i don't think it i don't think he's nailed on um some of the other transfers that took that caught my eye is the one that's being reported in the last 24 hours fabrizio romano said gave it the here we go but cole palmer from man city to chelsea is a really interesting and extremely unexpected move. Um, I think City are mad to be letting this player go, let alone to another Premier League rival. Um, and the fee is rumored to be in the region of a 30 million plus five million in add-ons. Is that mental? Like, what is the thinking behind letting go a player who looks like you know he's ripe for? some first-team action this season. I know it's Man City, but you know, you'd know you expect Chelsea to be offering him similar game time. So from a player perspective, I'm not sure if that makes sense. Obviously, he's probably on a massive wage boost given he's probably one of those players that's coming up for a sort of contract renewal as he's broken into the first team. But what sense can you make from that? Do you think we'll see much of Cole Palmer at Chelsea if that
1: move goes through? Um, and yeah, just love to hear your thoughts on it, mate. I think, yeah, he has to be promised minutes Who's making that move. I think it's a terrible move from City. Like, see when you get Foden finally breaking through at the team and then you get the sniff of this guy not far behind him, you think, oh, there's actually a bit of a homegrown kind of feel coming into the squad, you know, like like, organically in the best way that they're coming through in these like elite circumstances. So I don't know if there's going to be some sort of yo-yo clause on that, where there's a buyback option or something, because City definitely don't want to grudge the boy minutes. And if they sell him to Chelsea for, what's the fee that's reported? I could see City just putting 15 million on top of that in the contract and say, we, we'll we we'll take him back whenever mm. we want for this price. I wouldn't be too surprised by that. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bully let that one slip under his radar somehow. Because City don't really, yeah, they don't really let go of players, you know, completely until they're like totally done with them, if you get me. So, uh, it's, it, uh, so who's the one that's going to Chelsea? Cole Palmer. Oh, yep. I was saying to you, I thought that was Wolves, but it's Doyle that must be going to Wolves in. Oh, Cal- Callum Doyle, is that his name? Tommy? Tommy Doyle, I'm not familiar Thomas with that Thomas Doyle. Let's have a he's, look, a, he's like same kind of mode, like a kind of playmaker, midfielder type, and he's I think he's going to Wolves in that Matias Nunes deal. So I've seen the City were given an our homegrown out. I didn't, yeah, so I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's Doyle. Doyle's away to Wolves as well, so an kind of young City kid out in the wilderness this year. Um, but no, I think it's it's bad crack, like letting the homegrowns go on. But like you got the, the squad is incredibly deep to the extent where like this Matias Nunes is coming in to probably play back up to Rodri, but they've really get Calvin Phillips who can't get any minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah Yeah, yeah. You know, like the midfield is stacked as heck, so I don't know why they're getting this Nunes guy. Like it makes you know, it's not like they're acting like he's a must get for them the now the way they're acting with him, but yeah, so I just don't get it. Like, I kind of miss the strategy with it a bit. A bit overkill in midfield, which, hey, maybe that's what's needed this year to make sure they go and win everything again. Maybe that's the agenda. And uh, no time for youth this year. Sell them and get, get yo-yo causes on them. It's going to be really interesting to see how Nunes does fit into Pep's plans. Um,
0: you know, he seems, he's obviously a big fan of him. Nunes was highly hyped, wasn't he, when he was at Sporting and, I think, You know, he went there, he went to Wolves with quite a big fear, if I remember rightly. So, but for me personally, I mean, I don't watch much of Wolves, but what I do see of them, I don't hear or see a lot of Nunez. So yeah, I mean, if there's any Wolves fans in the chat that can fill us in on like what it is about this player that Pep likes, because I still haven't seen the hype. I don't, I don't get the hype around this one personally.
1: I was at the Etihad when uh, Sporting played City in the Champions League and that Nunez was in the team, Pedro Poro, Ignacio, a few good ones. And he was pretty decent, got around the pitch pretty well. I've seen him play for Wills once this year. And he was pretty good, got around the pitch pretty well. But I think it is just like, like Rodri at the moment is like the real epitome of like a guy that's 8 out of 10 at everything. Mm. And then just like giving their body and soul to this system under this guy. I think he sees him as maybe one of those types where he's like so good at like, basically everything is like a, a really high floor. And it's maybe just, cause then, cause what Pep loves with these guys and what a lot of these modern coaches like Angie and whatever, as well as just like, to some extent, forget formations and stuff like that. And it's just like, deal with the situation you're involved in, be as strong as you can, pass as well as you can, make the right decision as often as you can. And it's you know, that kind of reliability and that kind of consistency sometimes, but it's kind of valued more than, oh, you're a right winger or you're a center mid. It's just, cause that, like we mm. see with Pep, he just plays people anywhere you know, play yeah. Stones in midfield and he'll play, you know what I mean, like Alvarez and on the right wing and stuff, you know, he'll just do whatever he wants. Well, when he's you were just talking then, what you were saying, I
0: think you were kind of like, you. the way you were talking about Nunes there was like similar, when you were saying it like, you know, the style of play and what he's good at, I was thinking of John Stones. I thought, well, maybe he's been brought in to like be the, you know, like Stones' understudy or even potentially like an upgrade on Stones depending on how he performs and how he fits into that system. But um, to be fair and, you know, classic pet, but when Kovacic moved from Chelsea to Man City, I scratched my head a little bit, because I thought, you know, he's struggling to kind of bed his place in that Chelsea lineup. what City can do with him. But every time I've seen City play this season with Kovacic in their team, they look better for having him in their team. He fits the system, Um, so yeah, I know we everyone bangs on about how good Pep is and blah blah blah, but whoever's kind of in charge of um, recruitment there, alongside Pep, seem to get it right nine times out of ten. So maybe this is the move that he needed to prove, at least to people like me, the 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 quality he actually does have. So be interesting. To, to see that moldy's in the chat saying uh he he can carry the ball well up the pitch but it's very sloppy and giving away simple passes um yeah i think that's that's got to be quite a common issue isn't it for i think like defensive midfielders is is ball retention ball winning in, interceptions obviously are normally quite high in that position on the pitch but also i mean i as someone who holds a joey Veerman in the position he plays he does give away when he does give the ball away. You know, not nine times out of ten, it's a long ball, right? Given he's trying to be creative, trying to put that final pass in. But the ones he does miss do tend to be quite sloppy, uh, given away. And you know, he's I think he's ironed a lot of them out since his move to PSV. But when he was at here then, he used to give the ball away a, a lot more than I thought he should have. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Then, you know, from a Wolves perspective, if that's what you're seeing from Nunes, maybe then the Nunes to Man City, if he can iron that out of his game, we'll see that kind of vehement effect on on him there, where he will start to iron that out of his game a little bit through coaching and obviously getting older as well, I think, you know, the experience comes in heavy, doesn't it? I think vehement and Nunes probably at similar ages in, in terms of where they're at. So, yeah, definitely an interesting move that... um Quinny, what about Lukaku to Roma? Did you catch much of that one? What do you yeah,
1: well, yeah, I think that will be pretty big in the. I don't know. I think Serie A this year is going to be get the popcorn out. I think it's going to be a bit of a soap opera, you know, when Lukaku plays Juventus and stuff like that, or yeah. when he plays in, or you know, when he plays half of the league. Basically, it's going to be some sort of problem. And uh, Jose is there as well, and it just feels like yeah, there's a wee bit of pantomime in Serie A this year. But what I was going to say somebody threw it out in the chat, and I thought we can't not mention it. But Fatty has went to Brighton. <laughs> he didn't want to go to tottenham he didn't want to go to atletico madrid there was a few really big teams in for him and he's like nah i'm going to brighton. That <laughs> and so is that he, the next messi as he was like, crazy a minute ago yeah i mean it's at brighton <laughs>
0: that was the first thing i saw on uh, on my phone when i woke up went on instagram and it was like fabrizio here we go F- fatty to brighton and i i was absolutely baffled i had to double check i was it was the right fabrizio didn't see that one come in, but I like it. I, uh, I like that move for him. It's going to be great for Brighton. But I do think that he'll get obviously way more minutes there than he would have got at Chelsea or Tottenham. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was... I think that shot me more than Cole Palmer to Chelsea did. Um, fatty to Brighton. Is is he on loan or is it a permanent move? Did you get into I think it's
1: with a, I think it's a loan with a clause is what I've seen. Interesting. And that means as well, maybe there's a wee bit of the wage budget been released for maybe Barca to you know the chat is now it's Felix is the number one target. Yep. Uh, so the Felix kind of tug of war that's been going on is going to go all the way to the end of the deadline, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, yeah, I'm looking I'm looking on transfer market at the
0: uh, sort of like the rumor mill, and the, some of my favourite rumors here are uh, Andy Carroll to Amiens. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's not even rated so i don't know if it's happening but um sydney van hoydonk to celtic um kind of like is there there's a little bit of um like an emotional attachment there isn't
1: there could you think he's like van hoydonk's nephew or something drinks uh, maybe his son but i think it may be his nephew but uh, i don't know like we're in the market for a striker apparently but i think we're about to sign this guy from bronbeck Fitzgarden. oh Um, yes. so I'm not really too buzzing about that. I've just seen as well Vito van Croy is going red Redex on as I think he's a bit Saudi. Um, oh, and great. I think we were speaking about it before we came on, but um, Odysseus has went to Forest. Yeah. So yeah. lots and lots, lots and lots of moves. Like, I'm just yeah. sorry, I'm just trying to catch up with the timeline on this. But
0: Odysseus uh, to Forest is another one worth having a kind of like quick chat about because they obviously just signed Matt Turner not long ago from Arsenal. Do you think that Odysseus out outdoes him and puts and puts that number one shirt on for Forest, or do you think that Turner will keep his place? I mean, there must have been a lot of managers that were really happy um, when Turner moved to Forest, but also there must have been a few that picked him up thinking, you know, relatively nailed. cheap. You nailed, and now look, um, there seems to be a little bit of a a trend, doesn't there? In quite. You know nailed on starters for their clubs moving to bigger clubs to sit on the bench uh we're obviously seeing it um with bay india uh moving to potentially man united um from fenobache you know he was being hailed as like the next number one for 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 his country and he's gonna go and probably sit on the bench well definitely sit on the bench behind Onana at man united um there's sort of henderson dean henderson moving to crystal palace which would then mean that um, Johnson moves probably back to the bench and will probably see Gaeta move to Spain. I know he's been linked to a few clubs there. But, um, yeah, goalkeeper roulette well and truly on at the moment, it seems. Um, another one that forrest being been linked to is Batshuayi from Fenerbahce. That's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I don't personally see the sense in that. I, I just feel like Forrest's, Forrest's um, business in this and the last few transfer windows for that has been baffling. At best. Like what yeah. is what is the aim? They don't seem to have a plan, do they? They just buy everyone. They've got loads of. They must have loads of players whose wages they can't afford. People they need to off the wage bill from last season, and they're just bringing more and more of these players in without any real focus or you know. There's no. There's no real identity or. Pattern in the kind of players that they are signing. Could, could you make any sense of their transfer dealings in these last couple of windows?
1: No, <laughs> they're absolutely mental. And as well, we're talking about your the boy that signed that you won this week, Dominguez. They, uh, I think, part of that deal is Remo thriller is going back to Syria, and Remo thriller was pretty good in Syria. So like, he's maybe mm. a decent weekend guy that's going to be emerging. Uh, from, from all of that but yeah no, I'm seeing Zhao is actually trending on Twitter at the moment so it must be Zhao Felix you've got to admit uh, no it's Jao Palina mainly for Bayern Munich that seems yeah. to be charging on as well which is just another move but it's like I don't know why they want another midfielder like I just don't get it um,
0: i tell you what I've just seen one that's that's really piqued my attention and probably yours as well
1: Quinny Nat Phillips to Celtic are,
0: yeah.
1: you, are you having that? So, I'm I'm kind of mixed on this one, right? So, we actually have, like, I would be quite happy to be, like, our defence is kind of okay, right? But they're injured. That's kind of the main issue. So, I don't mind, first and foremost, it being a short-term person of some description, first and foremost. That's the, the thing I'll start with. The only thing I know about Nat Phillips is that he's halfway decent to the extent where eh, Ben Davis, who plays for Rangers, who Celtic were linked to, couldn't get into the Liverpool backup defence because of Nat, uh, Nat, whatever this guy's name is, Nat Jones. So I know he's better than Ben Davis, who plays for Rangers at the moment. So that's at least one thing. And Klopp does speak kind of highly of him. So it's one of those ones where see if he can come in for a few months and just be everything we need him to be. He's only on loan, and then our guys come back to being fit and there's no pressure to keep playing him. And then you can just let him go. When our guys come back fit, then as long as he does the business good move yeah
0: maybe i've been sat on his super rare for an absolute age because i bought him as i I bought a a really intriguing liverpool um bundle that popped up a few years back and it had um it had nat phillips super rare um reese williams super rare divok origi super rare jota rare and uh takumi minamino rare um, I can't remember what I paid for it, but it wasn't a lot. It was maybe like just over an ETH or something like that. It was it was a big deal. Um, I turned down a deal with Nanzo, I think, for Origi when he moved to AC Milan, which I would absolutely snap his arm off for uh, today. I know he's being linked to Nottingham Forest and a bunch of other clubs as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Origi. But Nat Phillips... Um, I've just been waiting for him to move for years, as has Nat Phillips himself probably. He always seems to fall foul of an injury in the squad, which means they can't let him go because they need him as backup. And there is talk that that's going to happen again this window. So to see him linked to a club as good as Celtic um, would be massive for me in terms of my SO5 options, especially having that Matt O'Reilly midfielder, you know, been, been able to double those two up in super rare um, would, you know, put me about the sort of challenger leagues a little bit more. But do you know what, while I've got okay. you on, like, in terms of the way that you approach SO5 and stuff like that, we've, we've probably touched on it a little bit as well on the podcast before, but I'm always quite put off by the thought of those Celtic stacks going into the challenger. And I like to, it, it's put me off entering challenger a little bit um i know you're more of an all-star pro guy but um something i wanted to bring up which kind of like on a so rare uh, point of view as well obviously we have this weekend for the first time the month long competition started so you want to be entering all-star rare all-star rare pro um your best four scores over the next eight game weeks i believe it is or seven game weeks um will be tallied up to put you in an overall leaderboard in those competitions in each scarcity. So all-star, super rare, all-star limited, and then all-star rare and rare pro. Um, Quinny, has that altered your thinking a little bit more at all? I know you've always been quite a heavy all-star rare and rare pro player, but I do, it does make me wonder um, what players like people like McBride, who have very, very uh, Celtic heavy, Celtic strong um, lineups, do we think people like him and people who play the big stacks are going to be looking at rare and rare pro with eyes to those prizes at the end of the month? Or do you think that they will stick to their guns and try and win in the regions?
1: I I think it's hard to say. I don't think anyone read, I don't think any of those whale accounts, I feel like, I don't think any of them readjust on this one. I think it's more guys like us to mate. Oh, do you know what? I'll put this, this guy I'm on the fence with, let's put the stronger one into All-Star, maybe one or two of us do that kind of thing. Um, So that's what I think, I think more people are, I heard Sean saying it on the strategy show, Sean Nushin, PSU fans, uh, like you'll kind of judge it after you've had a few game weeks and you'll see like, oh, like this game week, actually I could really fly up and you maybe kind of assess it as it happens. But the leaderboards look quality, the competitions look really good as well. In terms of like, it's All-Star, it's all pros included as well, which I know some people had a question mark about at the time. And uh, yeah, I think at every level of the game, it's way more exciting. When it comes to the actual Celtic stack part of it, but it's like, I, I know like, I don't play Challenger really much, if at all. And no uh, other people that have Celtic cards generally, that's not even part, of, you know, they do play Challenger. So it's kind of hard for me to say what will be going on in general with this new monthly leaderboard and how that will impact it. But I know this weekend, I am completely segregating my Celtic cards together and putting them to one side. And whatever happens in that game, happens in that game. It's Celtic Rangers this Sunday um at uh, Ibrox. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> at Ibrox um, <laughs> this weekend. So I I still back us to to win. And if we get a good result, then we'll score massive because it will be a blood and thunder kind of match. Yeah, But I'm not that confident about it. So I'm not putting big Celtic teams out anywhere this week with any player. The only one I've kind of had... Half reliability on into like a competitive team is Kyogo because I know he'll play and he's just the most likely guy to do something um yeah. for us. So I couldn't not like take him out. Cause I'm quite late on forwards with, uh, this weekend, but um yeah, I don't think you're going to see many Celtic players this weekend on the leaderboard.
0: No, that's good to know. It might it might come into my thinking when I'm putting my uh, soiree lineups together um, later today. I've already made a little bit of a start, so a little bit little bit less thinking to do there um after your input but uh, another i'm looking again at some more transfers and sort of we'll talk about the so5 impact another really interesting one um donny van der bake leaving man united and potentially to lorient um i like him as a player a lot i don't think you know he probably didn't get the opportunities he deserved at united i think we owed him a little bit more um than he got considering he was playing behind McTominay and Fred in the pecking order. I think, you know, he had every right to be angry about the lack of minutes there. Um, but I moved to Lorient for him. For me, I like that because obviously Lorient um, lost um, Enzo Lafie um, this summer and are lacking a little bit of dynamism in the midfield there. Um, Donny van der Beek will definitely bring that to them. And I think... For me personally, at least, that the level at which he'll be operating against um, will suit him at Lorient. I think it's a, a it's a similar standard, if not potentially even lower, I'd say, than some of the Eredivisie games that he would have played really well in um, during his time there. And I think the benefit of playing for a club like Lorient in um, in Leagun as well. I, a lot of teams will go to Lorient trying to win, which opens the game up massively for a player like van der Beek to operate in the pockets, like he does so well, um, especially during his time in the Eredivisie. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see if that one um, comes to fruition for him. I'll be really happy for him as a player. I think that'd be a good
1: move for him. What do you reckon, Quinny? Yeah, that could be a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm <laughs> just kind of... <laughs> I just kind of disappeared on that one I'm sorry but yeah no, it could no. be a good one
0: he said uh, it'd be an interesting one to see um, there's other links being made to Toremi to AC Milan could be an interesting move I think Milan need to make a, a signing up top don't they they've got a kind of they need some proper backup for um, Giroud who is playing way too many minutes for them um, at his age still does a job though doesn't he Giroud uh, what's not to like about the, the living legend himself um but yeah some some interesting moves definitely um and i've been keeping an eye on from an so5 perspective as well the so rare base um website has a really interesting feature on it um i keep bringing this up don't i know you'd think that we were sponsored by him but if you go to the news section on that you can look at um what's the mercato page and it just shows the completed transfers that as as they've been kind of like confirmed on, I guess, the SoRare API. Um, so one that pops up, obviously, we've got following Balogun from Arsenal to Monaco, big move, yes. Pavard to Inter, and um, has gone through. Um Mika Tadze from Mets to Ajax is another interesting one, isn't it? Because he's been a player who, at least when he was away from Mets, when he played in Belgium, he was a really good card. Um, and I haven't followed him at Mets as much, but I would assume that he's obviously gone on to continue impressing there. And he plays, you know, he plays with Kvaratskhelia at um, in the the national team. Interesting to see what happens to him at Ajax, who obviously have hemorrhaged players this summer, as they always do. As Ajax, you know, have such a good academy and that that youth system that kind of just creates great players. Um. So, yeah, be interesting to see how he does. Pavard to Inter, Quinny, what are your thoughts on that one?
1: That could be OP. I think, I think both those moves could be really OP, you know. uh Van Beek. the beak, like, I'm getting banter in the chat from it, but, yeah, it, it, it could be okay. It's one of those ones. He's not played football in forever. It's kind of hard to, um, to kind of really, for me to say anything on it. The dish didn't say already. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Just discovered it all. But, um, but those two moves, I think, could be really powerful because Pavard, like that back three, is a back three you know and zaggy's had that team playing the same way now for like three or four seasons just made it to a champions league final won the league previously and uh pavard has been desperate to be not a right back for yeah. somebody for like since he won the world cup so i think it's will be a good move for everyone and as we've seen with that inner defense like they can break 70s they can they can score really well um in a lot of different uh situations so he's not gonna be playing right wing back instead of uh denzil he's not gonna be playing left wing back and uh, DeMarco, so he's definitely going to be in for centre-back. I don't think there's any ambiguity. Uh, Harwood Bellis, of Southampton, has come in the chat, by the way, that's a boss transfer. Um, <laughs> and what was the other way? Oh, Mick Tuadzi. I think Mick Tuadze is really fun. Uh, again, some football fans, depend on your age, I know, Stish, you'll get this one, but one of the first Ajax players I actually remember existing is shot at Arvaladzi. And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, wow, that was not the player I thought you were going to say then, but what a throwback, yeah
1: i do appreciate yes. i mean i actually you know knew who like you know, seen his name and stuff he ended up at rangers eventually which wasn't as fun but um but yeah so like another georgian kind of striker guy at Ajax, i can dig it you know it's good vibes about it mm.
0: yeah I'm, I'm i'm intrigued by that one i'm excited to see if he slots in i think uh yeah I've been, i watch quite a bit of Ajax, and it'd be interesting to see him slot in there but i yeah, it, it's, I think it changes the dynamism of their front three quite a bit from what we have been used to seeing. Obviously, Tadic is a massive loss to that front line. But I do believe that when Stephen Berghaus is back and allowed to play in the Eredivisie, um, we'll probably see potentially, you know, Mika um, Tadzi a little bit more off centrally with potentially like Bergwine and um, and Berghaus kind of feeding him a little bit more um but yeah i think they're gonna miss I and then mean, they got brobby as well the Brobby there who's gonna give him um a lot of a lot of uh run for his money as well and probably you know i think the two of them will probably share the fair share of minutes through the season um and the guy yeah. Forbes gorgeous. sorry and the guy forbes gorgeous. gorgeous yeah of course so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see who nails those places down i think the midfield is similarly quite interchangeable at the moment um Really hard to pick their starting lineups at the moment, um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a pain in the ass for me with like um, with my Taylor super rare. Wait, he's been kind of in and out of the starting lineup. He hasn't been able to nail any spot down this season. So yeah, all all change at Ajax. Um, Going to be tough for them this season, I think, in the Eredivisie because PSV have definitely strengthened as we saw last night against your old arch nemesis Rangers. Did you catch much of the game, Quinny? Did you see any of it?
1: No, but uh, I watched the highlights, and honestly, like, I don't know if any of these, I know there's Rangers fans that enjoy the content, so I try not to lay it on too thick, because I know it would annoy me, but like, see all the banter that goes on between Celtic and Rangers fans, when Rangers went back down to the divisions, and they had to start a new company and all that caper. Um, a lot, one of the things that always get played in Celtic Park for a few years was Zombie Nation, and it was always about, like, Rangers are dead and they're zombies and all that, that was kind of the pattern every time psv scored see if you go back and listen to the highlights put your headphones on and see every goal that goes in it's zombie nation that they're playing in the stadium <laughs> for five, for all five goals it's proper trolling and see the fifth one obviously you've seen this it. station is a crucial crucially bad og yeah and see sure. when you see it going in right and then zombie nation starts playing and then it zooms in on him <laughs> you know what i mean and he's just like that hunched over just yeah he knows what he's done and you can just hear zombie nation you know just going on (laughs) Uh, so i didn't see the game but ultimate trolling from psv because they they were out for revenge on rangers from getting knocked out on that europa league run or whatever it was so um so yeah i didn't see it but the goals were decent enough Veerman was you know Veerman even in highlights was head and shoulders you know like he came out came out the screen in terms of a big player and, uh, yeah, it good, be a good campaign this year for PSV to get in the group stages, you know, the Champions League. And this could be like the shop window for Veermann, eh? Like a real shop window.
0: Well, if last night was anything to go by, I can't imagine he will be there this time next year because he definitely ran the show. Obviously, I had uh, Sangare in the game as well. I was keeping an eye on what he was up to. He was reasonably quiet, didn't get himself involved too much. But Vierman was everywhere and, you know, the a hand in two goals, managed to get one himself as well um his delivery from set pieces was great most of the night um you know kind of lost possession in a couple of corners but corners are slightly different aren't they but yeah i think also like the young up top for psv is a proper old school number nine uh target man and for a player like Veerman, having a forward like that to aim at and being encouraged to you know get the balls on his head, get him in the box. He, I think those two are going to link up for so many goals this season. I don't know whether or not the Champions League and the group stage might get ahead of them a little bit, but, you know, you, there, there's a party that we're hoping that maybe they finish third and get, get themselves knocked down into the uh, Europa where they might end up having a pretty decent run. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, he looked the part, he's starting to look slightly above his station. If he can continue this form that he's started the season on for, you know, maybe even up until Christmas, there might be teams trying to get rid of get get him off of PSV's books. Um but yeah, he looks he looks to part. He's obviously broken into the national team. He'll definitely be uh, one to watch in the next international break, I think. I'd imagine him to start for the Netherlands on if you're st- if you're picking on current form at least. Um yeah, what a player. Glad to have him in the gallery. I think it's that season, isn't it, where he he aged out at U23, so he watched that little dip. But, um, you know, his recent um, auctions on the Sowery market have kept him at a similar price to where he was last season anyway. So I think that is testament to the way he's kicked off this season. And, yeah, he he is, as a lot of pundits would say, a Rolls-Royce of a player. And, um, yeah, Hopefully, long may it continue. Um, And fingers crossed he doesn't get a horrendous move next season and I get a little bit more utility out of him. But uh, yeah, all hail Joey Veerman. Definitely. All
1: All hail Vierman. Where, Where do you think he goes? He could go somewhere like Brighton, couldn't he? He could walk into a Brighton team.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would be a great move. I think a Brighton would be a great move. You worry about for me, like him getting a move to like a Liverpool or a Man, a Man United. Like sad to say it, I just don't think that we would get the benefit Bruno. of him when you've got players like Bruno on the team who are going to get in ahead of him. I just don't. It'd be be a similar position to you know like the the move that Van der Beek's just experienced. um But yeah, I think um yeah, a Brighton would be like a dream move to see a play like that. I could I could see him in the Tottenham system. But again, I think that Madison would would p- potentially like get in his way a little bit in terms of his progression there. But the way Spurs have set up, um, I think a Vierman could be a nice player there. Um, but yeah, there's not many clubs in the Premier League I wouldn't like to see him move to. I just, I'd like to see him avoid that top six if we could. Um, yeah, Brighton's a great shout. Love to see him playing there. Um, or, you know, like any of the kind of you know, I tell you what, like a PSG would be a good move for him, wouldn't it? Mate.
1: PSG don't need any more midfielder recommendations. <laughs> like, come on, man. Are you going to say Chelsea or something there? Uh, oh, I'm just no. no. The teams have got no midfields, you know. P-
0: but I, t- I see him in that PSG system, just like feeding, feeding like naughty passes into Mbappe for him to run onto. to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Dembele's there now as well. It, that like one of those players i mean i think uh, vitinia looks really good um this season um so Veerman would potentially find himself on a rotation crisis there but um yeah he probably it to be fair thinking about it now it'd probably be similar to why i wouldn't want him at the top six clubs i guess psv would be one of them where you wonder if if it would work out for him but yeah great player um not quite good enough for that Real Madrid midfield, the way they've pulled no. off. Jude Bellingham storming away with 100 scores on rare and doing it every week as it stands as well, isn't he? He's, he picked up, what, 70? That's an underperformance for him, isn't it? What, 76 or whatever it was he scored in the week, in the last game. But, uh, but yeah, people in the chat are informing me that apparently Forrest are negotiating in London today for Sangare from PSV. Oh,
1: I heard that earlier I did not know if it was real but
0: they need to keep away from my gallery because I could do without keep that please Just keep forest away from my gallery <laughs> yeah all this forest chat is, is it's annoying I, I won a I actually I actually won a forest card didn't I towards the end of last season Ryan Yates I managed to shift him for about 20 quid but um yeah people are telling me that Fabrizio Romano has tweeted it which suggests that move is uh, impending um i know he's been linked i'd seen him linked to forest earlier in the window and when it didn't materialize i was quite happy uh that is annoying it's a really bad move for him It's a bad move for anyone who holds sangare especially one that is as high powered as mine is in my gallery and sits next to some nice you know psv collection but yeah you know we can't win them all can we Quinny? um that yeah, would definitely be a massive l for the gallery anyone who listens to this i hate nottingham forest i don't hate them i just think that they are an so5 graveyard until they get relegated um especially with all the players that they sign i don't think they know what they're doing uh the manager looks like he smoked a few zoots um before the game <laughs> every week doesn't he? he looks he looks he looks like he's stoned all the time and i think this, <laughs> his uh he's he's um his signings look a little bit like that as well if you're playing championship manager at the time of said zoot but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that is uh, that that is how it's going on down there but um apparently Ange and Spurs are going in for Conor Gallagher um Quinny how have you what have you oh. made of Ange's start um to life at Spurs they've been absolutely ranting and raving about him on every platform every uh sports talk show I've been listening to every podcast you name it um but yeah let's let's get into it here Ange at Tottenham what have you made of it so far
1: Ah, it's definitely been hit the ground running. I think going out to the League Cup, you know, when they get knocked out midweek, I don't think they'll be too happy about that. But he didn't win a treble the first season. He was at Celtic either, you know, so <laughs> that's not exactly um, a bump in the road, um, if you get me. So, but no, I think, I definitely think they need transfers. But because when I look at the squad, like, he's done a good thing of being Ange in the sense of, like, he will make the players work that he's got. But he will go and buy guys that will just enhance it even more. And I think Richarlison is the biggest like square peg in a round hole It's mm-hmm. in that team when you watch them over the first two. Son hasn't quite quite found where his place is yet in terms of like really to get, get some scores going. But I think the midfield three, like I, I, if you're kind of Gallagher, I don't know why you would go to Tottenham because I don't see anyone getting in ahead of Sar, Basuma or Madison right now. Like They seem all to be firing. I think you would really need a real difference quality to come into that midfield to make it better like they've performed very well so far but as we know with angie loves to do like for like swaps through the mm. game so maybe that's part of it um but no man i've spoken about spurs a few times with their situation being potentially dark horse material they're sitting third on the table at the moment and they've got a great game this weekend mate they're playing burnley and you know mm. burnley are just going to try and keep playing like their man city even though they're no yeah so it's going to be great for Tottenham. They could score three or four again this weekend for me, you know, so that'll be, you know, you mean, well, that put them after They're you further know, now, you know, where could they be after the next weekend, you know, and they've all they've got is weekends to play. They're out of the League Cup, yep. they don't need to worry about any of those midweeks that might crop up in December or something. And the FA Cup, I don't think you need to think about that until January for round three or whatever it is. So, or whatever round the Premier League teams come in. It's normally like January time. So, yeah, like, spurs are coasting like they're cushy you know <laughs> for the next little while so yeah it would be really interesting to see how they fill out i would not have minded i think fatty was approached by tottenham as well and i've seen are after the guy from forest brennan johnson yeah. they do need they need some sort of solution in there they need a guy that can they can clip like keogh goals in that system you know 20 to 25 from being that top pivot that arrowhead yeah so Allison could do that job i think in theory but it doesn't really seem over the first couple of games he's he's close to it so i think that's the biggest thing for them
0: yeah maybe i think they're i think they're finding finding their rhythm um the club and the fans definitely seem to be well in training
1: the goalkeeper looks brilliant by the way uh, oh, yeah. romero van de ven Udoge, poro maybe even Royal. i think they might rotate a touch but vicario as well vicario is like the perfect amount of crazy for a goalkeeper like You want them to be a little bit mad, but you still need them to be, like, clever and good way how they control the game and whatever. And that Vicario is, like, a nice... He's a nice cocktail of those things, you know. So I really like their defence this year as well, which is not something you see about Tottenham.
0: Vicario um, was a in the Man United side the whole game. He pulled off some absolutely unreal saves in that game. Um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't know a lot about him um, until Spurs signed him. I hadn't seen much of him before, but... He definitely looks uh, a good sign in and like you said i think that they've done great business across the back in the last couple of seasons they have built you know a, a good solid and young um pairings back down there you know like Dogie and van der ven poro they've, they've all got years ahead of them haven't they so if they can keep hold of them then they could they could build something there um i've heard people on talk sport this week talking up uh ang is the potential um pep successor when he leaves so i said
1: that already like, you've said that
0: as well yeah so I, so a few people said it now then but
1: uh it's one, it's one it's one of those ones where like he's a city football group guy and like the way city do things like it's kind of like halfway obvious like you know that he would be on their shortlist whether he's good enough to get it or not is another thing you know because there's a few other people that might be into it but he's definitely something that they, they would look at now now that he's proven in the premier league and yeah you know so it's one of those ones where like the, the the thing with Ange and that style of play is like celtic suffering from the now it's a great thing to do but it's a very uh distinct direction to go down and the thing the city have is that, that is the exact direction that they are on you know is playing that yeah. way so it's uh, it's one of those ones where those things kind of align up really well and we are kind of suffering the now because we are trying to like get back into some sort of close to normal like way of playing or tactics or whatever whatever brendan's up to and some of the players are just struggling to readjust or you know whatever so um it's definitely like you're not going to see him get linked to uh you know you probably wouldn't see him take on certain jobs as well because of the whole style of play thing and some teams just wouldn't probably go after him Uh, in that sense whereas i say i feel mad city definitely would you know so yeah it's definitely getting a lot of fans interesting to see how the next
0: sort of few months pan out for him definitely um but people seem extremely excited and impressed with what he's done up to this point um as brezzo in the chat says there's only three games gone though i would hardly say he's
1: proven in the prem sorry Quinny. uh beat man united drew the brent see see if you go and watch that brentford draw the penalty they went against them is the softest penalty you're going to see all season and they lost their main center back 15 minutes in after a concussion So they draw Mm -hmm. with Brentford. To Brentford, where were they last year? Eighth, seventh. They were in the top end a lot of the year. Brentford have been getting a lot of plaudits. Beat Man United, and then they wiped the floor with somebody at the weekend. I forget who it was now. And uh, Wolves? No, it wasn't Wolves. It was uh, Wolves had Brighton. I think I can't remember who it was, but they had a good game. And they've got another good game this weekend. But no, I'm not saying Man United is the test, if you get me, but. He's got the players played, and that's the battle. See when you're saying, as a prem, you know, see it be proven at that level, is can you get the players to to perform on the pitch in the way you want them to? And see when you see, like, people down in tools or managers that can't make it, the teams look lost. The teams can't impact a match. The teams don't ever really get any sort of uh, identity on the pitch. But you can see straight away that he's got that going. And see if you can get that onto the pitch, then that is, you know, like... I know it's only three games, but I can tell you quite easily now we're going to see that happen from Tottenham all the way to Christmas. Who knows what happens after that, you know, with injuries and other stuff that happens. But I think you can say the guy's definitely up to it. And, you know, time will tell further, you know. But, like, Matias Nunes, who we're talking about earlier on the show, was much better at Sporting than he was at Wolves. But Mm. Man City, yeah, they didn't want to buy him when he was at Sporting for 40000000 million. They're happy for him to go to Wolves. And then we can see him run about a premier league pitch and how does he cope in that situation now we'll pay 55 because we know what we're going to so yeah. you know, there's a bit of, you know there's a bit of that that goes on as well and even though like even if he wasn't a wild success at tottenham like he still has put that team on the pitch you can already see that and as long as that continues to happen then i think that can happen you know, can he get his team on in the premier league i think the answer to that is yes you know like we can see that he can yeah i like the
0: shout I like the shout, definitely. Um, someone else in the chat, uh, Zalabanzi, will get into this. Uh, what am I hoping for at Man United before the window closes? Um, to be quite honest, I think that overall, I hate that any business is being done this late. I know that we're in for Kukurea, never personally rated him as much as everyone else has, but he does bring in he brings in a good, you know, we are needed, we need, need we need support in that position um so and i think that i you know he's good he's not a bad player he's just not he doesn't excite me that i think that's what it is it's like i don't get excited when i hear about that signing but i think it's it makes sense um am i happy with the johnny evans signing i mean i haven't caught latest news i know he had a short-term deal um if they've held on to him for a season i'm happy in the sense that you know varan's going to be out for a few weeks um we know that Maguire is not leaving. I'm not. I'm not a massive Maguire fan, but I'm also not a hater. Um, he can do it if we can get Maguire playing the way that he does for England, then he'll feel like a new signing. Oh, I, 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 I don't hate him for England. I think he does a job there, but I don't think he does what Ten Hag wants our players to do. Um, yeah, I can't see him next to Lissandro Martinez. I think he'll be behind Lindelof in the pecking order. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, you know, the links to Amrabat would be that'd be cool. That'd be a good sign in. Um, I don't know if I see it happening or not. Um, Do I think Henderson will be Palace number one? Yes, 100%. Palace would not sign Dean Henderson on his wages to have him sit on the bench. He'll be the number one. Johnson will be number two and Gaeta will leave. Um, Yeah. I we i have people that we we have Gaeta's is like in my circle as well i like would his kids play football with with my kids and friends kids and some of my friends know him and some of these kids have his kids have sort of like hinted at the fact that they might not be around for much longer so we all we've all expected Gaeta to be on the move all summer um because i think he has fallen out of with-
1: rsvp into christmas christmas parties after the deadline yeah yeah, yeah. No, has, it. Has, yeah, not sure if we'll make it <laughs>
0: hasn't been quite as explicit as that but um yeah like it, it it's known in these parts that he he and hodgson don't see eye to eye i don't think hodgson likes him very much um and you know that's been reported in local news around here and that i don't think hodgson and guy get on well so i think he's been on his way out for a bit anyway but i would expect henderson to start ahead of johnson yes i would if that goes through i I'd, I'd say that's a 90%. If I was the play sharper guy, I'd have Henderson down as like 80%, 90%. Maybe not for the first game, but once he's in, he's in, I think. Um, but yeah, Man United, you know, I think it's been a an, an okay window for us. We made some decent sign-ins. Um, I, you know, I, I said I wasn't ever, you know, sure about Mason Mount. I'm still on the fence on that one. Um, Hoy, Hoyland is... Possibly my favourite sign-in of the window, but he's yet he's yet to, you know, kick a ball for us. So fingers crossed he does the business when he comes on. But, yeah, Onana has done all right. He's started okay. He'll, he's one for the future, I think. I, he's going to take a little while, but, um, but yeah, I, I'll be surprised if we make any big sign-ins. And the ones, you know, Kukurea would be an improvement on the squad, and I think that Amrabat would as well. Um but whether or not they strengthen our starting 11 i'm not sure and that's that's what gets me excited is this a sign-in that's going to walk into the first team and we haven't i don't feel like we've picked a player like that up for a while where you're like nailed big player um so yeah hard to get excited by perform by sign-ins that just go into the squad and make it a bit better but when you are in all the competitions that we're in you you need you need depth and we do lack it so Yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. But um, as we sort of come into the back end of the show, Quinny, on an SO5 tip, uh, the weekend ahead, as we mentioned earlier, we've got that big monthly tournament um, that kicks off this week. If you are entering All-Star and All-Star Rare Pro, where is your main lineup going this weekend and where are your thoughts? Who do you think is going into it?
1: Well, I'm yet to decide, Stashy boy. I'm going to be uh, doing a. I'm, probably, I'm doing a live stream tonight myself. I'll be doing a lineup builder. It's got a deadline show tomorrow, but I need to actually build my lineups, not on stream. But looking at provisionally, when I've got like, uh, you know, actual options and stuff like that, like I'm kind of sticking with what I started a few weeks ago, where for these weekends I'm trying to prioritize, just play blue, and just play red, and trying to get get into a good rhythm of like winning in that kind of way if you know what i mean because pros and now are just a wee bit too messy for me like they kind of just mess up my my best laid plans elsewhere yeah. as it were and you know it sounds off like okay i got a rare threshold and i got a tier five at the weekend but um like i was so close to maybe doing a bit better so i'm hoping this weekend if i i'm going to try and fix a strategy for a little bit longer Um, while i track how many thresholds i catch uh through september i think there's like 10 game weeks or something and i can try and get thresholds six or seven of the times or whatever, because of what players I've got. Mm. Uh, So I'm going to try and keep that relatively consistent until the end of September, which plays in nicely, I think, to this monthly leaderboard thing, which is a pure coincidence. But yeah, So I'm just going to stick with um, splitting my teams purely red and purely blue. That's the only prioritization thing I can tell you that I have not looked (laughs) enough into that mode yet.
0: I feel that as well. I think um, especially since you know, we've moved into the the thresholds and that, and we've got that cap 240 and super rare, and it's so appealing to try and win that. Um, I always try and put a good lineup into the 240 super rare and then the all-star, just again chasing those cash positions. Um, so I think naturally anyway, my all-star super rare and cap two forty having my best cards in it weakens my my pros. So I'm better off not using the blues in pro putting my best cards as strong as possible in rare rather than rare pro. So rare pro has been almost like a hit and hope for me with like whatever's left of the supers and the red cards. Um which is kind of the backwards way of doing it. But I do think that like you said, if you're going for those super rare divisions, it does you got to go for them properly. But also in terms of like if you take the bonuses away, the the points needed to win in those divisions is actually lower per head than they are in their kind of rare and rare pro um divisions so if you really aim for those super rare divisions you you can find yourself in the cards you know people will argue that oh you know the value of those cards is not as good as winning a star in rare pro but you forget how hard it is to win us like those tier zeros in pro you have to be finishing like top 3 or something like that right whereas you know uh, for the you won't get a cash equivalent of a star rare i don't think you know like maybe a tier two super but you will get the, the utility because i think a good tier two super really pushes you up the uh, pecking order in the super divisions a lot more than like winning a tier two rare would in the rare or rare pro divisions i think a tier two super it it gives you it gives you play in those super rare divisions so for that reason i definitely like you Quinny. have been thinking a little bit more Let's go super, let's go cap 240 and all-star. Um, and yeah, like I've, I think I still have enough about my gallery to put a decent pro division out, maybe in like one, maybe in all-star, maybe in U23, um, but not so much in the regions. I very rarely get into those challenger or, you know, like champ, Euro, rare, pro. I think I entered that a few weeks ago with what looked like an absolutely outstanding team. And I didn't even win a tier five with, I think, a 380 points or something like that. It still wasn't enough to win anything in pro, which I think is what tier three is the lowest in pro. But yeah, it just made me think even more. Let me stick to these blues and reds as much as possible. And then pro is a little bit like a, you know, treat it like another training lineup and see if you get really lucky with the fixtures. But um, yeah, I don't think it's changed my Decision making for the weekend too much because I normally go quite heavy in All Star and uh, All Star Rare Pro anyway, of late, for the reason that I'm chasing those cash rewards. I do think it's going to make the floor scores of those cash go a little bit higher. So I think it's going to be a lot harder to win on the weekends. But looking towards the end of the month, I'd like to think that I've got enough about my gallery. To be able to get into those end of the month rewards as well, and the way it looks, you know, you're going to be winning rewards each week, but then the potential big reward at the end of the month. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I've got my eyes firmly on that that prize. I'm definitely going to be going into these uh, these next few game weeks heavy in all star, um, yeah, in those modes definitely for me. Um, and looking at the fixtures to get back to that other point I was making, um. I am gonna have all eyes on Leverkusen again this week. Day of absolutely this weekend. They started. Leverkusen yeah, on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> home game. Uh, you know, um, if you look at the odds, 81% uh, win to win. And, you know, someone who holds Odilon, uh, Frimpong, Superrez, I can put them both in the same team with my maxed out Florian Wertz. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking. Even though I've, what I've just said about blues and, and reds, because of the way fixtures have lied for me this week, um, and because the is a red card and the other two are blue, that for me has kind of bent me into U twenty three rare pro a little bit to try and fix them in with a couple of other players. Um I could take that into Champ Euro, but I think that the ceiling or like not the ceiling, the floor is a little bit too high to
1: win a card in that division. So I think I disagree with that. Take those. I think if those cards bang, mate, you can, whatever division you can get them into, you'll do well. You know, like that's that OP fixture this week. Oh, yeah. Like, they should, they should smash like big time. So I don't know, mate. I would look at the best keeper and the best, Wisher Wurtz, a mid or a forward? He's a mid one, yeah. So nah, it's it's the the moment best keeper, up. best forward. And so then uh, that's a great day three you've got. I guess.
0: So the other option I've got is then to, so pair those three, the Frimpong super, the Odilon super, and the Verts rare. Do I then pair that with and in goal and Mbappe and put that into champ?
1: Because yeah. at the moment I've got it that with you. Sounds like I went <laughs> sounds like I <it> went in <laughs> team <of> me, mate.
0: <laughs> it, it does sound good then. I definitely have some good options this weekend. Um but yeah, I I don't know if I take that into or yeah, or do I go all-star with that and and, and look at some other goalkeeping <laughs> options? Um yeah, I think um, who Ter Stegen's away this week, away from home, to but that doesn't really matter for Barca. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of goalkeeping fixtures this
1: weekend, Senna don't score lots of goals, mate. That's who Barca yeah. have. Otasuna will score maximum. I know mean, I'm jinxing it, so I'm really sorry, but they'll score a maximum of like one goal. at yeah. they don't score much. So I've just jinxed it up. So sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you reckon I'll go into, would the, and then what would you do with that line, All
1: Star or Champ? So, you... Mate, I'm going into this week thinking Frimpong's capable of 75 to 80, Odilon is capable of 70, and Wurtz is capable of 100 this week. So, if you've got that as a core, mate, like, I don't know, it's whatever division you think you could bang in. Like, Mbappe, you've got to be good for, you, you fancy him to do well. I'm not too sure who their game is this weekend. Got Leon, Wait. who have started on, like, poorly. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Big game as well, I suppose um away from home will be some atmosphere uh, yeah. and then Tosek is a great keeper but i, I don't know all-star VR, pro maybe it's a wee bit tougher because of the monthly thing but in champion mate, i got a tier five and i had captain rodrigo on a 40 <laughs> and i got a tier five do you know what i mean like the rest of the team did okay works dropped a 90 all black did a 60 you know some things like that but um i got a card with a captain on a yellow you know like a score really bad mm-hmm. score so I wouldn't, I wouldn't really like champion with that core. Yeah. I mean, I've got,
0: I've got some options. I'm going to do another, I'm going to do a completely fresh draft because uh, another thing that we haven't even spoken about, but just look, looking at my sort of saved lineups I've done earlier in the week was uh, Jesus Ferreira did not um, turn up last night for Dallas again. So that's two games in a week or two games in a row. He's missed uh, by like illness. I don't think he's ill. I think he's on his way somewhere. Um, so, so weak. I mean, I haven't actually looked at that um, since last night. I was thinking it look I've thought he's probably off. I haven't given him a search to see if there's been any developments there. But uh, yeah, two games out, right at the end of the transfer window. Um, I'm not sure what is going on there, but I don't think I put him in any lineups this weekend, given that it for me looks like he's he's on his way somewhere right it seems a little bit convenient that he's ill at this time of the season and the window but um but yeah it it kind of like puts a spanner in the works because he was in my main all-star super air lineup for the weekend i'm gonna have to do a bit of shuffling if i need to leave him out of my plans this weekend he might just end up in one of those throwaway teams um but yeah, it's been, it's looking been funny
1: on MLS now as well because they had that messy cup and now they're back to the league and it's, MLS is just a, it's a funny wee element going on now in the SO5 arenas, like some random players dropping big scores and yeah. offering good differentials and stuff like that, you know, so. Um, it, playoffs coming out.
0: soon, players are being rotated out, some teams' seasons are pretty much dead already because then, you know, they have got like f- about six or seven games left and then no chance of getting into the playoffs now and yeah i think dallas definitely fall into that category where i don't mean, think they've got i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't they're quite far down in their division so i'm not sure um how high they need to finish to get into the mls cup now but
1: seven or eight yeah. games left depends on what team it is something in the fixtures left to go about oh, okay. i mean they they could still scrape their ways
0: in right then but um but yeah, it definitely feels like that, doesn't it? It's uh, Some teams feel like they're winding down. They've got one foot on the beach already. Um, yeah, definitely feeling that. Um, I, I get you. The MLS spanner that's thrown in, especially in the midweeks, is a bit, you know, it's anyone's guess who starts for who at the moment. But um, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to consider leaving him out of my plans this weekend just because we don't know what's going on with him. And I just get the vibe that he's he's transfer fodder at the moment. I yeah, um, haven't but yeah, if in doubt, leave them out. um I think we've covered a lot, Quinny. We've we've pushed on a solid like hour and a half worth of uh, of, of chit chat this week, mate.
1: End product, mate. Not chit chat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, on on the subject of that, someone else did ask, Quinny, how was your last
1: week? Any end product newses? plenty of that. So <laughs> that's all sorted. That's all good. <clears throat> Oh, they'd say leave that for the end, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, congratulations anyway on
0: the uh, on, on the anniversary. And someone else asked me, I'm obviously off to New Zealand and Australia next week, going to be away for three weeks. So we'll see if we can squeeze some end product shows in. I'm going to try and bring my camera out with me and try and get some content and shoot some bits of bobs while I'm away. They asked me if I've ever been before. Um, I have, but it's been about 10, nearly 11 years since I last went. Um, to australia i haven't been to new zealand for even longer than that so um i'm really excited about going obviously i'm away for over three weeks which is long but um yeah i get to go to queenstown in new zealand that be the first time i've ever been there um australia is going to be a bit of a whirlwind i think i hit three cities in three days so there's a lot of flying and a lot of moving around there um but yeah i'll get to spend a bit of time in perth i've got friends out there I haven't seen for a little while so i'm gonna get to spend some time on my mate and it's his birthday while we're out there as well so yeah got a mate in sydney mate in perth i haven't seen for a while so yeah looking forward to the gigs but also really looking forward to just hanging out and i know i'm gonna meet a few sober managers out there as well like i said ba- basil basil bot has been in touch and i know that's it. A, um a serious name is out there i think he's in wellington he's already asked me for some guests this spot so uh yeah if you're out there um, and you're in town, uh, let me know. Be good to, it'll be good to meet you at one of the gigs. Turn up in a football shirt, and then we'll have a chat and a beer after the gig, no doubt. But, uh, Quinny it's been a pleasure, mate. I've uh, really enjoyed chatting through all of these fixtures and deadline day and all the fun that we've had. But um, yeah, time to love you and leave ya. And hopefully, we can get something going again while I'm while I'm out. I said Thursdays are, are quite available for me. It just depends on the time difference and what the sort of Wi-Fi situation is in any given location, I guess. But uh but yeah. It'll it'll be great to uh to get a crack in again, mate.
1: I think I think it's good, just... good good luck to you this weekend, mate. Good luck to everyone else. And to you. Big up everyone. Take care.